You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast. The podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from on-stage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by one of our favorite performers for our final interview of 2023, David Ooch. But before we dive into today's episode, I would like to acknowledge that I am on Turrible land. And I am on Gadigal land, the traditional custodians of the land on which we work, live, and record. And we recognize that sovereignty was never ceded. David is a graduate from the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, WAPA, with a Bachelor of Arts in Musical Theatre. After graduating, David made his professional debut in the production company Showboat. In 2015, David joined the cast of Opera Australia's Anything Goes at the Sydney Opera House in the role of Luke. David also featured in the world premiere of Muriel's Wedding, The Musical, with Sydney Theatre Company and Global Creatures, as well as their Australian tour in 2019. He is also a part of the original cast recording, which was nominated for an ARIA Award for Best Original Soundtrack and Show Album. In 2020, David was cast as Fakir in The Secret Garden for their 25th anniversary tour. He has also written A Promised Land, which is his first self-devised theatre-slash-musical work. The show recounts counts the story of how his family survived the Cambodian Civil War and found salvation in a promised land called Australia, a story of survival, strength and sacrifice. The show has had a few developments, first at the Riverside Theatre in 2015 and recently with Watch This Company in 2022. David just finished performing in the Australian company of Moulin Rouge the Musical as Ensemble and Pierre, an understudy baby doll for Global Creatures. Currently, David is hitting the stage in the ensemble for Miss Saigon, also covering the role of Tui. Please welcome to the mic, David. (laughs) It's a long spiel. (laughs) That is so weird hearing that all back. (laughs) You're like, that's my entire career on paper. That's crazy. (laughs) How are you going though? You just finished, obviously, your first preview last night in Melbourne. How's it all going? Good. We had Tech This Week first preview last night and it's great to have a beautiful day off. You're like, I'm tired. Please let me sleep. Exactly. How long have you guys been teching for? Like two weeks or? Actually, we had a quick tech. I think we started on Wednesday. So we had a couple of days. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yes, we had. Yeah, it was a quick tech process, but everything went pretty well. So I think we're good. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. Well, thank you for spending time today with us on your day off. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, we will jump straight into it. To get a little bit to to know more about you, how did you find your way into the world of theatre? I'm what they call like a latecomer, right? I don't know if we use that phrase anymore, but like I'm old, like, you know, I'm hitting 32. Um, I started in the world of musical theatre training and performing when I was 17, 18. So like a little backstory, you know, my parents are refugees from Cambodia. This whole world of musical theatre, performing, let alone in this country, wasn't in the forefront of my mind like growing up or in high school as well. Obviously because, you know, my parents' priority was, you know, food, education, shelter, work, you know, the the necessities of survival of life. So to even think about um, what do I want, you know, as, as as a child and as a 
as a person. But I always grew up watching movie musicals, you know, Sound of Music, Phantom, all of that. And I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It like ignites something in me, right? But I didn't know that you could do it in Australia. I didn't even know that like, you know, community theatre was like a thing until I was in year 12, which was like 2008, lol. Um, and I had this amazing drama teacher, Miss Pearson, shout out. She was like new to the school. And I went to a school that was in, you know, a low socioeconomic background with, you know, a lot of um, uh, melting pots of different cultures, experiences. And so she was like new to the school and she had on this like Wicked t- t-shirt on, right? And I think Wicked was out around that time. I was like, oh my God, what is this Wicked thing? And so she kind of opened my mind and my world to the possibility of, musical theatre and musical theatre in this country and the fact that you can um, build a career from it. So she, uh, you know, told me about this production of Rent that was happening. Um, And so I auditioned for Rent um, and I actually played Roger, which was so funny, which was like so wild. Oh, my God. (laughs) But like small circle (laughs) moment was that like the musical director on that is David Topoki, who is um, Laura Topoki and Patrice Topoki's dad. So that is, we can connect that thread later, but it's like full circle moment because obviously with Saigon and Rouge. But yeah, through doing that and then um, the, my drama teacher as well was like, I think you should go to this school called Whopper. And I was like, what is Whopper? You know, is it a Hungry Jack's Burger? Like I honestly thought, what is this world? So I kind of, my journey to musical theatre was very much like my world was opened and there was all these possibilities for someone like me. And um, that's how it kind of, kind of started if that makes sense I don't know I was probably rambling but no not at all I mean it's one of those things sometimes when you start things a little bit later your hunger for it is so strong that and you want it so badly because you know what it's like without it and so it's like you know one of those things you had to work really hard to get where you are and especially getting into WAPA when you only started in year 11 it's incredible it was like wild I think I remember there was like a moment in act two of rent you know where like Roger has I don't know that kind of like fight for something and I remember saying to myself I will not stop like working hard training until I can out dance out sing out you know survivor then people have been doing it their whole life so I think I set myself like that personal challenge at 17 to be like I have the fire let's go let's do it That is just brilliant. I mean, now you're currently in the Australian tour of Miss Saigon and you actually made your two-week debut only two weeks ago. What was going through your head stepping onto that opera house stage in a principal role? It was like crazy because it was also our nine show week and it was like the ninth show of the week. So (gasps) yeah, it was like, it was like mental. Um, And I also cover like two kind of like featured um, ensemble roles as well. So like, it was like Sunday morning, that first show I was doing like two, you know, kind of smallish cover roles. And then that night they're like, would you like to go on for two weeks? And I was like, yes, is that even a question? Um, and I, at that point, because like, you know, obviously it was like a short season, I haven't had a full tech yet. So we did like some quick tech elements throughout the week. But in terms of having a full run with everyone, it was like, it was surreal. Like my heart was pounding and I was like, okay, strap in let's go I'm I'm in a a safe environment with so many amazing people on stage who like were there to like shove with love and to catch you and to guide you like till we got this so it was crazy for me it was really special because Sean Miley Moore who plays the engineer um we went to WAPA together as well as um one of the other girls Michaela Briggs as well but she was off on the Sunday so for Sean and I to play opposite each other as principal roles from, you know, our humble beginnings at Whopper together being like one of three Asian performers in our year to now being on the Sydney Opera House together, making our principal bows together was like, Kern came down and we just cried. It was, <laughs> it's, it's just like, that is a, a, a memory I'll have the rest of my life it was beautiful yeah I can only imagine I mean I talk with my uni friends now and we're like one day when we're on the stage together and the fact that your principal roles together as well it's so surreal because you know where you've come from and it's like oh my goodness we are like doing the thing which is just crazy (laughs) so obviously this is such a Miss Saigon is such a big and beautiful show what was the audition process like for you for Miss Saigon um, my audition experience was cut short because I got COVID. 
no. So uh, uh, I think first rounds were all self-tapes. Um, so we sent our self-tapes and then waited for the beautiful callback email. Um, I did my first callback day, which was um, a dance call first. We learned some, oh, yeah. some short combos from the show and then um, came back to sing material for like Tui and Engineer as well. And then I, I sang some Tui stuff in the room and then they were like, great, this is amazing. Let's bring you back on Saturday. This was, I think, Thursday. Let's bring you back on Saturday. We can workshop some more and keep the process. And then literally the next oh. day did a rat test for work and got COVID. <laughs> so I called my agent. I was like, oh, no, I effed it. I screwed it up. This is not going to happen. It was like crazy. I was like, no, no, no. It's like it was um, mental. And then uh, the beautiful team that was there and the OA producer was like, let's do what we can to try and at least get you in. So I had like a five-minute Zoom call um, to sing the material again with like half a voice. <laughs> and be like at least I'm trying you know at least it's not fully my time is short um but went in uh, not went in like via zoom just like sang for a little bit it was so awkward because doing an audition via zoom it's like waiting it's like did that come through it's buffering yeah it's buffering (laughs) I was like am I in time I have no idea do I have a voice and then I did another zoom like dance call for like five, ten minutes, and then it all just kind of really like came together. So yeah, I wish I had a better um, like you know uh, story. Please, no, but... that's amazing though. Yeah, I was gonna say to even get to that point because that it would feel like such a big defeat when like I feel like you've got a callback and you feel like you've absolutely nailed it, and then to be like something that's completely not in your control because we know as performers we especially with COVID, we take care of ourselves and we're so aware of everything happening around us and making sure that we don't catch it because then other people are going to catch it. So when it's something that's just so out of your control, it would it would like really like throw you for a loop, but then to absolutely come back around and just, just slay the video auditions. It was like, yeah, when I got that, the call from agent, I was like, is this serious? Are you serious? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's just, you know that, that, that quote of like, if it's for you, it won't, past you i think it was i mean that was very true for this show yeah absolutely i mean you literally just finished another major musical moulin rouge do you have a favorite moment from your time with the show i love moulin rouge so much i saw it on tuesday and i was like (laughs) crying just watching it i think it's just such a a special show for me because the whole audition process for it was about the phrase was come as you are enter the room and be who you are and we'll work from that you know there was no kind of requirements that we had to make things a lot more masculine because we're you know male identifying or you know so it was just more come as you are dance and storytell the way you are and it was so special to have that and to have like Sonia Taya, the original choreographer, come down and, and do that. The, sh- the show for me, my favourite thing about it was it really taught me resilience. It really taught me you, there's more to dig deep. You know, there's more when you feel like you don't have enough fire in the fuel and tank, there is more to give. And, and to access different parts of your life and who you are to like really give in the show. But it's also one of, it was, it was a show where we had like in Melbourne so many lockdowns. So we like started and stopped and started and stopped. So I think the experience is really special for me. I think my favorite moment is finally locking into the fact that I got to be in a show where my Asian-ness, my queerness, my extraness, everything I am as that makes me who I am was able to live and breathe and exist in this show. And, yeah, you know, um, Carmen, who's one of the CEOs of Global Creatures who did Mulan and Murals, I remember having a chat to her when we did Murals Wedding and I said, I look forward to the day where I can be in a show and be myself and not be in my show. It be in a show, you know, for example, it's an Asian stereotype or be in a show as, mm-hmm. you know, the drag queen or, you know, different uh, stereotypical facets of my life. I get to just be on stage as myself and for me that dream came true with Moulin Rouge so I think that's why the show is really special to me. It is and it's such a special show in general and that's why it just keeps coming back like we don't ever want it to leave Australia because it's one of those few shows where it does feel like everyone on that stage is 
who they are. Yeah. And even if they're, you know, it's amping it up a little bit more and they're still playing a character within that show, they're still getting to express who they are. Um, and it is such a beautifully diverse cast as well, which is something we just don't get to see anywhere near point. enough. Yeah. And it's yeah. so disheartening. But then you get to see shows like Moulin Rouge and you know that it's taking such a long time, but it's slowly we're, we're getting somewhere. It's so yes. wonderful. Especially in Australia too. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. I agree. <laughs> And obviously, speaking of Muriel's wedding, you were a swing in Muriel's wedding. What was the biggest thing that you think you learnt doing this show? And do you have any tips for those looking to do swing work in the future? Yeah, Muriel's was like another like life career teaching moment. So like a little bit of a backstory. Um, I joined the original Sydney Theatre Company production when they were creating the show. Um, one of my like really good friends, Kang Chen, was in it and um, had an injury in first week of previews. So I got the call Friday night to like come in, uh, Friday to like audition Saturday again. And then I was in the studio Saturday night learning a couple of numbers from the show. Little did I know that my first performance would be Monday. So, oh my God. So it, they just oh needed somebody in fast to kind of help still create the show and to kind of cover, you know, while um, Kang was recovering. So I think that for me was the first part where I was like, okay, actually, I think I do have the elements of a swing brain that I was able to learn and retain uh, information really quickly. And then I think through that experience of learning that show, so by Thursday, I learned the whole show and opening was Friday. So I had that whole week (laughs) to try and learn ever-evolving material and choreography and staging um, and just like go, go, go and just do it. But I think the biggest thing that I learned from that was to trust myself, right? One of those things of like, oh my God, this is so much, I can't do it. But as soon as you go out on stage and you just kind of release and surrender it and you just trust yourself and trust that you can do it and trust that the company will support you, which they did, I think built me up to be um, there on stage swing for the tour version. So it's kind of weird, like, when I was, like, hearing back, like, how my kind of career journey happening, it's, like, all these little life points that have, like, led me to the next. So I learned that in the the STC Sydney version and then into the tour version, those skills were really kind of sharpened so that when I was ready to be a swing, I was. But I think that's the, the biggest advice is just to, like, trust that you can do it you know trust that you've done enough of your preparation and especially rehearsals creating as much uh documents and resources that work for you like each swing has a different process some Mm. love the stage right charts um Mm. i love having everything down on notes in my phone so if i have like five minutes i'm on the tram i can just quickly revise and go over my notes and then have the video and for me Mm -hmm. if i can see each number in my mind i can kind of do it without needing the, yeah. the kind of chance. So it's just like, and I said in, in um, I think in one of the TikTok videos, it's learning how you learn, right? So understanding how do you pick up stuff really fast? How do you retain things really quickly? Like, are you a person that needs repetition or do you need to connect it, I don't know, to some kind of memory or thought? So it's like understanding how you retain and pick up things really fast I think it's great, but the main thing is just trusting that that you can do it and it, it, that you've prepared well enough for you, then, you know, you go out and do it. And I always say, you know, as long as no one got hurt and nothing broke down and you were in the, in roughly in the right spots and you did all the things you need to do and no one got hurt, then I think that's the job well done. Absolutely. I think because it's so stressful. You're, you're just, you're really just out there doing the absolute best that you can Especially, you know, you you literally never know what's going to have with swing or understudy. Like, you can go on mid-show, you can you can go on mid-act. Like, it's just being like, okay, well, this we're just going to do it. Yeah, you're just going to do it and you're just going to go out and, you know, have beautiful company members that will support you. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a tricky one. And then I, I think the, the biggest thing thinking about it is um, the post-show like releasing all of that, surrendering all that, being like, sure, you made mistakes, but the next time you go on, it it gets better. Like not beating yourself up if you didn't think you did a flawless show. The fact that the show went ahead with you in it and it 
it happened and it worked is 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 an amazing achievement so it's having that post-care after to be like yeah well that is some really great advice and for anyone listening who wants to get into swim work I think that's exactly where you start is just like start doing it even in community theater and things you can go oh someone told me you can always sit on the side and learn a lot learn a role no one needs to know that you're swinging but you can do it in your own head and you know and then you'll know and start building those skills so it's really cool talking to someone who's done it so well so many times <laughs> so yeah. and I guess now we're actually going to move into a little bit of a game so today we're going to do a rapid fire question round which is just lots of fun questions we have to ask you just you just gotta answer the first thing that comes comes to your mind okay chukas <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna start it easy so dream roll is this bad I don't easy. have a dream roll because no the fact that I'm in a musical is like a dream because I never thought it was possible. Oh. That... <laughs> You're already in your dream role. Like, I know. You've already I mean, done I, so I, many I'm, dream roles. I'm living my dream role. The fact that, you know, I've been able to do as much amazing work as I have. So I think that is my dream role. No. Is your dream role? Absolutely. Oh. That's wonderful. I love that response like so much. Okay. Favorite TikTok trend? I don't know if it's a trend, but currently I really love Louise Diamond and The Wicked, her singing uh, No One Dies Alive, uh, Dies Alone. <gasps> Have you yes. heard that? Yes. Really yes. A, yes. That I'm obsessed with that currently. Apparently I'm behind because it was two years ago, but I really love the vocal choice that she is making. Well, I feel like it's coming up again because, you know, it's the 20th anniversary and everyone's like reliving all of the like amazing moments that every person who has ever done Wicked or participated in Wicked has experienced. Well, apparently, I think Courtney is doing that similar, something similar. Yeah, she has. I didn't clock it, so I was like, bad Wicked fan. Clock it, yeah. guys? Yeah. When you go to see Wicked. <laughs> oh, pull at the heartstrings. <laughs> I know. Okay, this one might be hard, but favourite musical of all time? To, like, not me asking the, the parameters of the question. To, like, watch, to be into, <laughs> what is, just favourite musical oh, of all time. To, to watch. I lucky that I got to see Cynthia Revo and Jennifer Hudson in The Colour Purple on Broadway and I was in like a cheap last minute box seat and like they were like a metre away from me and I was crying the whole time. The experience of being in that room with a community that like celebrates and and like you know in, in Australia sometimes audiences are like quite polite and just like clap whereas mm-hmm. I'm quite vocal and to just be in a room where it's like come on like Cynthia is singing for her soul we have to it was just incredible. It was, and, and like the whole ensemble company, they came out on stage together. They waited and it just felt like a collective breath. And then the show started and I was crying already. Like I have goosebumps. It was like yeah. magical theater. I have goosebumps from you. Like just reliving I know. It, it was uh, magical. You don't, you don't, you know, we, we've had some good shows, but you don't get that here. You just don't. Except maybe if you come to Miss Saigon, you'll probably get a little. (laughs) I've heard so many people (laughs) who are just like, oh, you know, just like, oh, for a cute little night of theatre. And they're just like, the amount of people I know that are not theatre people, but kind of went, oh, like, this is like a great show. We've had great things. We'll go and see it. And they come back to me and they're like, I'm devastated. I'm like, yeah. Yes. So many of my theatre friends have gone, I haven't been able to yet, but I'm moving to Melbourne soon. So, you know, I'm going to get to see it in a week. Um, so, but they, they literally said, it's changed my life. It's so deeply moving. And it was so great to like see themselves on stage and just see these amazing characters that they were so moved by. And it really inspired them to keep going. And oh, it's, we yeah, love it's one that. of those really, yeah, really, really beautiful. Like people have had such connection to this show so it's so exciting <laughs> i know we'll chat about that later <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk them up we'll talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay what is your current obsession wicked <laughs> i think it's hard to avoid yeah i saw it three times in sydney like yeah. within <gasps> the space of like four or five weeks like i i love wicked and like obviously some really um, close friends in the show and I was like I love Wicked they're like you're back again like I just I just love I love Wicked yeah oh, me too I just love that show me I know they're so good everyone is so good 
Cody yeah. and Sheridan, oh the choices that they're making are just incredible. Yeah, I think that's what I'm obsessed with. Also, I'm obsessed with um, I, I don't know if I pronounced it wrong, Salil, who took over for Eva in Hades Town. They just uploaded a clip of her singing um, flowers. Flowers and it is oh. It is so it is heartbreaking. It, it is so beautiful. It's like close up here and you just see it all. And it's like incredible storytelling. The, the most beautiful tears like running down <sighs> her face, but it's like doesn't even phase her that she's <sighs> crying. It's I've just... been obsessed with that too. <gasps> Singing through tears, that that is elite now. <laughs> she even does a little subtle like that. It's just like, oh, yeah. Stop it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, this isn't a really easy one, but cats or dogs? Um, I Dogs because I'm allergic to long-haired cats. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fair. fair. That's dog. fair. No, that's, that's totally fair. Your celebrity crush? Like, sexually? No, I can't. That's, is this PG rating? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. We are not, oh. we are not a PG podcast specifically. Okay. Okay, great. Um, oh, that's tricky. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really love Billy Porter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Agreed. Major crush. Major yeah. crush. I feel Everything. like, yeah. Fashion. Yes. Oh. So I guess that, that's the answer. Yes. Yeah. Billy, Billy Porter. Porter. Love it. There you go. Love it. Okay, now this is a dicey question. This is our last one. I feel like we oh. know the answer to this already, though. I think potentially what is your favorite show you've done outside of miss song saigon that you've performed in obviously it's moulin rouge yes. <laughs> i love it i was like do we even need to ask the question it's the rouge, it's the rouge. i love the rouge it's yeah i love the rouge it's I'm hoping to see it when it is down in when I get down to melbourne cuz it's still there but i'm not sure for how long it's there it's until february yeah, February. You've got so much That's time. a long time. I've got I've got time, guys. I've You've got, got time. Heaps of time. I have to see it. I've only like done the bootleg and like the listening to all the recordings. I haven't had a chance yet to go myself. And and also where like um where I go to uni, we can see it the you guys performing on the screen. So oh, we really? sit down at lunchtime and we're all oh. like watching <laughs> watching Moulin Rouge, which is so cute. So I need to see it live though. I need yeah. to see the full thing. Experience it. Needs to happen. It's an experience. Absolutely. Experience, yeah. And I mean, last year you did some development on your original work, A Promised Land. Have you always had an interest in writing your own work as well as performing? How did that kind of come about for you? Well, it kind of um, kick-started in third year at WAPA where we had, I don't know if it was like a patron or a sponsor, somebody at our third year um, opening night party who kind of, uh, we were doing Thoroughly Modern Millie, and obviously myself and Sean played the two Asian roles in the show. Uh, mm. We won't dive into that, but, you, yeah, you know. That's, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. Interesting show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And she kind of, like, came up to me and just chatting. She's like, oh, my God, it's great. You were, like, over the show, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of somehow got into the conversation of, like, so did, did you, you and your family, like, come here by boat? Or for some reason in her mind, she she wanted to have a really, it just was out of nowhere and it kind of just like threw me back. And I was kind of like um, annoyed, pissed, confused. So, and then and then they were like advertising a cabaret competition um, that you can mm. submit in third year to present uh, snippets of a new work. And I was like, you know what, I'm really pissed off. And I decided to create this piece as... Um, uh, I guess as a way to like share my story and my family's story and also to like ed educate, you know, in terms of like back then in 2013, we didn't have a lot of the conversations and a lot of the awareness that we we have now. So, so I wanted to use um, art as a medium and a source to hopefully allow stories to infiltrate the mind and create more of um, learning and understanding and maybe challenge a lot more of those biases or unconscious biases back then. So, um, yeah, I originally created the show a snippet of it to just kind of share a little bit about um, my family history and share a little bit about what happened in Cambodia in that time that led to me being in Australia and being here. Um, 
And yeah, and then I just also wanted something that I was passionate about when I graduated WAPA. Obviously, it's not the be or end all uh, of, you know, you go to WAPA and I personally believe the, the hard work starts when you graduate. And I think that's with any uh, training institution. Your hard work your starts after in terms of maintaining your training and getting yourself out there. I wanted my objective when I graduated was obviously to get an agent um, and to have that support team and trust. But for me was to, to have a project to work on so that when the no's were happening and when the rejection was happening, I still was staying creatively fulfilled and stimulated and uh, uh, keeping that fire alive, if that makes sense. So this this work kind of fueled me during the hard times. Um, And, yeah, it was really beautiful to do the Riverside development. I got to work with um, some amazing creators and writers and um, my beautiful agent who I'm still with today. Um, helped facilitate all of that and help kind of produce and and get the project up and running because she was as passionate about it as um, I was, you know. And she she was it was kind of amazing. Like when I had my um, interview with her uh, to be in her agency, she was like, "Even if you don't pick me, or even if we're not right, I'm really passionate about your story and your work, and I'll help you do it, even if you don't go with wow. me, or even if you know." Yeah. So it was just a um beautiful that that work has fueled and given me a lot of opportunities but yeah I've always wanted to to uh I guess I hate when you say educate because you don't want to go to show that's trying to like be preachy but in terms of like I've always loved um art as a medium to help um you know just offer some different viewpoints that you might not necessarily get if someone sits down and has a candid chat with you you know no absolutely it's and that's, I think, the some of the best theatre is theatre that can educate without preaching. It's, like, enjoyable to watch, but it does also make you think and see the world in a different light and see how other people's world and their life journey differs from your own um, and give a, such a greater understanding to it, which is work that we need so much more of because it's a perspective that we don't get to see in theater when we should be seeing so much more of it it's kind of crazy that like the the kind of um vibe and essence of the show is what i'm currently experiencing in miss saigon you know in terms of those similar themes and that that wanting to to share the message across that you know what happened during the vietnam war and in vietnam is no different to what's happening in the world right now in a way we haven't learned you know so it's that, that power of um, theatre and storytelling. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And it's, um, I mean, it's really cool to see you also performing, but also writing about your own life and your own family because it's one of those things that, like, can be really, like, confronting to do, but it's stories that Australian audiences are craving, those types of stories, especially in a musical setting. Like, we don't see that in a but other than obviously you know yours ties similarly not really but in Miss Saigon but it's cool to see an Australian story about about coming here and and that experience and in a musical sense as well it's it's kind of like there's been a lot of conversations um and interviews with that cast members about sharing uh, about being in Miss Saigon and the controversy with the shows but it's just that thing of like we need more uh, uh, like POC writers writing our own stories. You know, we need more in terms of us having agency to create our work and to tell our stories um, with our lens and our viewpoints. So there's there's a hunger and a need for it, especially Absolutely. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to see it and you want to see it and you want to be part of it because um, it's something that we've never experienced. And we can never understand that experience to the same extent you will. But being able to get even a small amount of understanding and being able to see and hear about the experience is, I think, so integral in... I mean, shifting the lens of Australian theatre. It's like taking it in a new in a new direction and really, like, 
opening up casting as well and like there's you know there's always major casting controversies with a lot of shows these days because the casts are not diverse enough for what Australia needs to be seeing on stage like people want to see themselves on stage they want to see people and that's what's so cool about Moulin Rouge and and also Saigon it's like people are going and being like oh my god I'm feeling like I'm being seen for the first time and it's so exciting and that's a beautiful thing. It was that it's like special hearing from you and your friends in terms of coming to see the show and having that that representation because you know it's the thing of like if you if you can see it you can be it um, and just like I've never experienced a stage door where it's just filled to the brim of beautiful Asian people just celebrating their own and celebrating a show that that is is theirs. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's hard to describe because it's just incredible how much a three hour piece of theatre is, is that impactful. Some people are either speechless at, at stage door or they're crying or they're, it's just one of those of like, that's when you really feel how much having representation on stage really, um, what it really does for people and for us as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so important and it's we need more of it it, it's as simple as that we we need so much more diversity in theater in australia it can be done we've seen that it can be done um it is there is fabulous performers out there so we just need to make it happen come on producers and keep advocating for it yes yes literally thank you for advocating for it yeah it's 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 crazy to me because i was of uh it's almost 10 years since i graduated Wafa. so for me like coming from 10 years ago to some shifts in this industry to like where we are now it's it's wild to be on that journey and see how in terms of like how casting has transformed how audition processes have transformed how like some of my friends from 10 years ago couldn't get a room and now they're in every single room you know it's it's just like wild how you know some people had to like like for Sean for example he had to go to London and be a superstar there and be accepted and celebrated before he came back to Australia now it's only now that we want to celebrate amazing talent so it's just like that seeing that growth of of how this industry is moving so I'm hopeful but there's there's still a lot more we need to do. You come across as such a positive and confident performer and person in general. How do you maintain your mental health it working in this industry and doing eight shows a week? That's a um like incredibly uh, powerful question because um, it's so real. Like eight shows a week is like no joke. Like even Nicole Scherzinger said it on a, a radio interview. She's like doing eight shows a week in a, in a musical theatre show. It's like training for the Olympics. You know, it's like we have to mentally train physically and, you know, and in terms of all of our craft as well. I think for me, um, I relish in the non-theatre parts in my life and they're Mm. as little and mundane as like going to get a coffee every day you know little things like that like yes you could save that money but for me going to a coffee shop and getting a coffee is like a beautiful little ritual and treat for myself I also love treating myself to like comfort foods like I love fur I love a congee I love yum cha like things that um I don't know make me feel safe and home and supported I try to do a lot of those throughout the week. When when it gets really tricky days and you get a bit of that mental fog and exhaustion and tiredness, I always like to remind myself of my why. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I put myself, especially when you're not in, in work as well, like during auditions, like reminding yourself, why are you putting yourself in the firing line of being rejected or being, you know, go up and sing eight bars and get cut? why do you do it like what fuels you what drives you what keeps you like moving and some days they're different and some days um you know some especially in Saigon like it's drilled into us daily the the personal responsibility and the responsibility we have to tell these people's stories as authentically as possible so there's that responsibility of like our why is our representation our why is our fight to to you know give on stage when we feel like we don't really have much to give um so that's the biggest thing for me that helps it is um 
reminding myself why I do it and also re-inspiring myself every week. So like, for example, you know, the Hadestown clip, the Wicked coming back, all these kind of like theatre kid joy and moments that I loved before I knew I could do this, re-reminding myself of why I'm doing it, like really helps feels me. And then also like therapy is like incredible. You know, it's just, you know, I just, I'm such a big advocate for it. And there's like amazing, like the Support Act um, helpline is like a free anonymous 24-7 service to anybody in our industry. And I've used that a lot, especially when we're in like lockdowns and stuff and um, navigating shows. It was incredible that I could talk to someone anonymously. Like I sometimes don't do good like face-to-face in terms of really being able to vulnerable. So I love the aspect of just having a phone call and chatting to someone on a phone that has been really amazing. And to have that be a 24 seven service means that if I'm really at um, not a great point and I just want to talk to someone, I think that service is incredible. So it's out there if, if anybody needs it. And um, you also get 10 sessions for free as well. So I'm a huge advocate for the Support Act helpline because that's really been my saving grace as well just to chat to someone and chat to people who are familiar with the what we have to do yeah I think that's probably the hardest thing I didn't know about that personally that um helpline and one of the biggest things that can be tricky when going to see someone for therapy is sometimes they don't quite understand what you do or the stakes of it or they're like oh you just sing and dance it's it's a bit more complicated than that and there's so much of yourself that you give to it so it's really nice that there is a support network out there that can really help help you when you when you need it so that's yeah. a great advice <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing and it's just like um it's for anybody who like works in the industry like when i caught up i was like oh no everyone's gonna know my business blah blah i literally just had to say my name and then i work in the industry and then they forward me on to someone who could help me it's really just yeah, like wow. a great um but yeah a great service i, I believe yeah i love that as well that it's over the phone and it is um anonymous because it is it's a scary thing to sit in front of a therapist um and it's one of my like favorite but also least favorite things to do when you're having that face to face I'm like I feel very exposed and I don't feel particularly safe even though it is like a safe environment versus during COVID doing therapy over the phone I was like this is so much better because I just feel like I can say what I need to say but you're right regular therapists are so wonderful at their job but they don't often understand what we do or why we do it they're like well if it's hard just change career it's like no it's it's not it is hard we know that it's hard but we want to do it anyway yeah Yeah. so so support me you know it's like yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and I mean you give out great advice on TikTok to young performers being our resident theater kid on there um but what's the best um what's the best advice someone has given you um, the best advice was an acting teacher at Whopper who literally said to us, it's not life and death. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, we're not saving lives. Um, we're not in, you know, we're not doctors. We're not nurses. Obviously, there's an element there of um, escapism and giving people hope and helping people, you know, um, heal a lot of parts of their lives. But I think what I got from it was that um, the weight and pressure and how high we hold our careers in our lives is very important. But if something doesn't work out, you or if you don't get that job, or if it doesn't work out, like no one's gonna die. It's not life and death. It's not. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it's no, kind of a doom and gloom statement. But in terms of like the, no. it it shouldn't override you and consume you to that point where it feels like that yeah it's kind of what you were saying before about how you relish in the parts of your life that aren't theater it's like in a sense like it's it's not life and death and you don't need to put these high stakes and because we have intense focus and energy on what we do but sometimes that can be to a negative impact on you and so it's like you know what breathe you're not going to die from going on stage. You're going to actually probably enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's like take the pressure off, you know. It's it's already hard enough. So um, if you can let that sizzle a little bit and give you a bit of ease, um, 
I think it's pretty amazing. You know, once you, once you, you kind of get your head around that concept of it's fun. It's um, it means a lot to people. It's joy. It's um, yeah. Yeah. You just got to share that joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Share the Absolutely. joy, share the, you know, the kid magic. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have your inner theater kid there. It's nice. It's nice to see that. Some people take it too seriously. I'm like, no, we love theater. Like that's why we do it. So yeah. you gotta let your inner theater kid out. Yeah, it's having that balance of like when you when you know you need to be serious and when you need to like put the pressure on, and then as soon as you don't have to release it. You know, mm. it's like there's all these amazing um, tips and tricks of people that you probably see on TikTok all the time of always treat yourself after an audition. Yeah. you know always like go do something and give back to yourself it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's, it's i think that's what i try to do to get through the week it's like i work hard doing this i should really enjoy and relish and treat myself to to things that make me a bit happy you know absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for everything that you've had to say today we do have one final well second to last final question the main part of the interview today and obviously I feel like it can't be summed up in three words so I'm just gonna say why should audiences go see Miss Saigon I know it was hard when you're like find three words I was trying to like fit it in but I can't the biggest thing that stuck out was just representation matters but I think everything we've spoken about today in terms of like being able to see yourself on stage being able to storytell and um, honour the past, which is still current, which is still our present. You know, it's like we talk about a lot in the show of like, we didn't really, we haven't learned um, from our past mistakes because look at what's happening in the world right now. You know, it's like yeah. having these shows to kind of remind everyone of, 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 of a different perspective and a different experience. I think for me, watching this show isn't, is, nothing we have seen in australia in a very long time um and i was listening to your podcast about jukebox musicals oh my god <laughs> so a little, little plug go check it out it's very very interesting um I, th- I can't remember who said it about like murals and the the play of abba and the the, the smart oh device that would be that me was. yeah yes yeah. so check that one out but i think for me it's 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 what i was saying about the color purple experiencing um this amount of amazing Asian talent and also Australian performers um, who are not Asian on stage trying to come together to tell this incredible story. And for me, looking around and seeing other faces like mine absolutely killing it is is like a dream come true and nothing I've ever experienced. But I think in terms of an audience coming to watch this show, it's really hard to explain because it's... it's um, uh, is the word intangible? Intangible, like you, you can't really describe it until you experience it, right? Yeah. Obviously, incredible music, storytelling, um, spoilers. There's some amazing scenic set devices used. It is like epic musical theater that is um, created so well. But I think for me, it carries a lot more weight in terms of. Um, what you experience um, watching it. I feel like I'm being really cryptic, but it's like, <laughs> you will yeah, know. But, well, you've got to yeah. see it, guys. You've got to see it to to know what that feeling is because I'm sure it is being emitted from the cast to the audience and the audience to the cast and also all of the fun little extra things that people won't know to expect. But we chatted about it before. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. it's it's, it's And I feel like we've tried and it's um, a testament to our creative team to try and find um, a modern, um, fresh uh, take on it. There's a lot of lyrics and stuff that have been changed um, to suit oh, the wow. current landscape and also to make things less problematic, you know, in terms of like Vietnamese yeah. pronunciation and the show has been a huge um, thing driven by um, Michelle Nguyen, who's in our show as our advisor in terms of trying to pronounce things as accurately and maybe shift some um, phrases that were originally created to fill in and now we can actually find authenticity behind it. And the same with like having someone like Sean Miley Moore as the engineer of the show, like finding, he calls it the engineer, you know, finding a fresh take in this material makes it seem like this is how it should have been created from the very beginning. 
So yes. I just feel like that excitement of having fresh eyes and, and um, you know, a uh, younger cast share this story, I think it's also really yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, guys, you have to go and watch Miss Saigon to feel that magic. Um, and we thank you so much for everything that you've talked about today. It's been such a pleasure getting to hear your life experience and also experience with an industry to pass that on to not only us, but everyone listening. So we thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so special. It has. But <laughs> before we go, I know, right? Before we go, every time. But we're going to do a little bit of a bedtime story. So have you got a funny stage mishap that's happened to you? Something crazy from all of your incredible performing days? Um, there's one that really sticks out and it was in like the chaos of like swing land in uh, Muriel's Wedding. Uh, I was covering like the drag queen role in um, Sydney, the number Sydney. And we like oh, yes, get to like a clump. And I just remember it was like noted in me um, when you say the Alan Jones line, you know, that moment yeah, um, yeah, that yeah. I have to like look directly into like this spotlight so that it really hits home that like boom, 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 Alan Jones, right? Um, so I was like, yes, I got to the spot. I was like, I found my spotlight. I can feel it. It feels amazing. And then I just feel everyone like, look at me. And I'm like, oh my God, is everyone look at me because I've found the spotlight? But it's no, because I almost forgot to say Alan Jones. So quickly when they look at me, it was like muscle memory took over and I got it and I said it. But I had that split moment where everyone's looking at me and I was like, why is everyone look at me? Is it like, is it because they look amazing in this light? But no, it's because, you know, I almost missed my line, but I did say it. <laughs> that is so I love good. That. So, like, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm here, and I'm in the spotlight. All the attention is on me. Yes, I did my job. I found my light, and I hit the. I was in the right clump spot. I feel great. Oh yeah, I gotta say a line. <laughs> it's not just physical. There's lines too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, that was fun. That's I was definitely awesome. feeling my oats. So yeah, that probably didn't help. I mean, you probably looked amazing too. So it was like, <gasps> thank you. you. Yeah, it was very polite. <laughs> but to everyone listening, I did say the line. We yeah, are still exactly. professional. <laughs> yes no professionals right here absolutely <laughs> muscle memory kicks in well thank you so so much for taking the time to come on and chat to us today and being our grand finale for season oh my God, one for 2023 special. thank you um, had to go out with a bang yes it has been absolutely <laughs> phenomenal to chat to you about everything um and we cannot wait to share this with our listeners um, but you guys, please make sure that you book tickets to go and see Miss Saigon. They are currently in Melbourne. And are you guys, where are you off to after Melbourne? We, they have announced we are going to Adelaide next. <gasps> Very exciting. So <laughs> Melbourne and Adelaide, book your tickets. We will leave all of the info in the episode description down below. But until next time, stay happy, healthy and safe. Thank you so much, David, for being with us today. Um, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.